stuff and um, welcome to the bomb podcast the business of music and um this is your weekly podcast where we focus on all things and aspects of the music industry locally globally and um, myself lucas de beer and helmut mayer we're going to be your hosts and um, we're excited today to have founder of stefan insulin productions stefan insulin <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. Thank you. Stefan, welcome. Uh, I know you are in it at the moment with a lot of projects and um, you also have a, a history in filmmaking. Um, but as you know, this podcast specifically focuses on the business of music and maybe today we can touch a bit on um, the role of music in movies as well and how important it is for you as a director. I know you also um, are a fantastic lyricist and <laughs> you, um, you, you're also a, a musician at heart. Mm. And so we'll be talking a little bit about that as well. Um, but maybe just to kick us off, um, how did you get involved in this whole thing of the movie making business? It's a little bit of a long story, so I'll try and keep it you know, short, but the, I, I always had a dream of making movies. But when I finished school, my parents said, there's, there's just no way you're going into that industry. There's, you know, the future that doesn't look bright in South Africa. And maybe back in the 90s, you know, that was the case. So I had to come up with a new dream. Um, I eventually start, started to study theology, then architecture, graphic design, um, town and regional planning and two years into town and regional planning I said to my dad uh, I don't want to do this and he said just finish what you start I said well I know what I will finish he said accept that <laughs> you know you're not going into that yeah. direction and so I finished that and then I became a teacher um, went to England I you know try and find my way um, try and find myself actually because town and regional planning wasn't what I want to do Long story short, I eventually started my own online business selling DVDs and stuff. When was that more or less? This was in 2004. 2004. Wow. Yeah. All right. So the well, internet was, was fairly new at that stage still. Um, and I was just trying to play around with, you know, being involved in the movie industry. If I can't make movies, maybe if I sell mm. DVDs and stuff, you know, that, that would make me happy. We, but it didn't. Um, the dream was always to make movies. Um, and then one day my life just changed. Um, uh, and I realized I don't want to get to the point of no or to the age of 90 one day and wonder what if I made the change, you know, to become a filmmaker. Mm. If I did that 90 or, you know, 70 years or what ago, what would have happened? Can I ask you a question? What, what specifically made you... Deciding filmmaking. Sorry, I'm interrupting your... your no, so, so, so uh, the, the thing is that I remember as a young boy, I always, I loved watching movies. And as I watched movies, the first movie, I, and I think that's what sparked the, you know, this idea or this dream of becoming a filmmaker. The very first movie I watched in cinema was Jurassic Park. And I remember I watched that and I thought to myself... They talk about dinosaurs. There's no way they can show dinosaurs because they don't exist. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I thought they're just going to allude to the fact that people can see dinosaurs um, and then they show the dinosaur. Wow. And I was like, wow, 
that's what you can do in film. Mm. I want to, you know, become a filmmaker. And then the second film I watched was um, Cliffhanger, Oof. which is, you know, this this epic action movie now that I watch. Um, yeah, and the filmmaking on that was <laughs> kind of, exactly. you know, it was introducing scenes that would otherwise just feel, it, this is impossible. 100%. Yeah. And, I, and I went and I watched the, you know, the, the making of both Mm. Uh, and, and it was just so amazing. And I thought, okay, that's what I want to do. So I started to write screenplays, you know, during my off time. I was supposed to study, but, you know, I want to write stories now. Wrote the screenplays, come holidays, you know, I recruit all my um, youngest brother's friends. And now I'm the director, the producer, the cameraman. Yeah. We're going to make movies, you know. And I will never forget my youngest brother. He had to uh, perform his own stunts as well <laughs> but obviously i didn't have an edit suite so we had to shoot in the edit so oh. i would put him on the on the garage roof and he will start to run and then halfway i will you know on a white i will cut then move the camera he has to run again then jump off he has to commit to that but in the air i'll cut you know and then we move the camera top shot he needs to jump over over and over and that was, we also didn't have any um, sound equipment, so you'll constantly hear the, uh, 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 you know, cars in the background. And, but that was just so fun. And, and um, a year or so ago, I actually discovered one of the screenplays I wrote when I was 14 years old. Yeah, that was, that was quite a thing. So that, yeah, the dream was always, you know, to make movies. And um, I enrolled for a screenwriting course uh, back in 2009, qualified as a screenwriter in 2011 and then came back to South Africa after 10 years almost 10 years in the UK knew no one in this industry you know had to start literally from the bottom become an intern and just um, see how other people you know make movies how they do that yeah. and just by witnessing you know that's I, I started to learn wrote my first screenplay um, a story that I you know uh, had in my heart for almost 14 years and um, send that script around to so many producers and nothing happened and then I wonder I was like well it's such an important story for me that I can't just let this die so if I can't make a movie maybe I should try and become a novelist so I wrote a novel sent it to publishers Two publishers came back. They said that they really liked the novel. One publisher just came back with a contract. And I signed the contract and the book became a bestseller. Wow. And then a few of those producers who initially said no, they started to contact me and say, well, I think you were right. You've got a story. And then and at that stage, I was like, well, I proved that I have a story. Mm. Um, and now I'm going to try and make it on my own. So, yeah, that's... Pretty much wow. in a nutshell. Wow, that's so interesting. Great so, story, yeah. And you, you then told yourself, trying to make this on my own. And how did you make that happen? Because if I'm not mistaken, you did actually then take that novel and turn it into a mm, movie. Yes. What was that process like? That was quite a... It was a, it was a nice process because there was one producer that I didn't, I didn't contact because I thought that's not the kind of movies that he would make. And that's a guy called Philo Peterson. And, you know, a little bit of history of, on Philo. He basically started Starkinikor and New Metro. He was um, head of MGM worldwide. So he's, you know, he's quite a big shot. Mm -hmm. 
And I sent the, the screenplay to him. And I thought, there's no way Philo Peterson will contact me. I literally just emailed him. Um, and back then, I, I had so many no's, I expected not even a reply from Philo Peterson. And literally, two hours later, he phoned me. And he said, I read your screenplay. Um, I was like, wow, that's actually quite quick. He said, it's quite a beautiful story. Incredible. Yeah. I, he said, um, so do you have the money to make this movie? And I said, no, I don't have the money. And he said, okay, well, let's see if we can make a package deal, you know, with uh, an investor. Because um, that's not your typical movie that will make a lot of money. It's a very artistic kind of film that you want to make. Um, and if we package it with another movie that's more mainstream, we might be able to get the funding in place. And it was quite a big honor, you know, to learn from one of the best in the industry. Yeah. Stephen, yeah. can I ask you a question quickly? I, I mean, we, we want to get, we really want to get around to speaking, especially about the funding mm. of movies mm. and everything. Lucas and I both had the, had the privilege of working on a couple of projects with projects with mm. you, and I think very often there's a big misunderstanding in the music meets film industry what the what the difference is between the role of a, of a producer and a director. Now mm. I know you use these these words kind of, you know, mm. uh, interchangeably. <clears throat> but I think a lot of people, a lot of the listeners might not actually know the difference between a producer and a director because in the music industry, you also get those, but that's complete different. Mm. Uh, it's got a complete different delineation. So yeah. would you, why don't you just embroider on that? Well, I think, you know, the easiest way to maybe, you know, um, uh, um, explain that is because I come from the, you know, the building industry, the development industry, is a producer is... Is a lot like a developer. You go around, you look for an open piece of land, you have this idea of maybe putting up a few houses, maybe a shopping mall, whatever the case might be. Then you go and you find an architect that can actually take that idea mm. and make it a reality. Mm, mm. You know, and I think that's that's probably the easiest way to explain the difference between a producer and a director. The director is literally the guy taking your ideas yeah. and now just making it a reality and it's not always the idea that you had in mind obviously there's a compromises and that's that's part of the creative process you mm -hmm. know is it's you know um maybe making it a lot better than what you initially anticipated yeah um but in the end you know the developer is still the guy that's responsible for all the funding and if it doesn't work you know he's the guy responsible for you know for paying back What's due? Yeah. Mm. So how do you um, how do you start off a project? Um, for, let, let's say you want to take it from the concept of being the developer to seeing the final the finished product. Mm. the finished product. Yeah. Well, I think you know I can only speak for myself in that instance. You know, or that regard is that I'm also a screenwriter, so I like to to have my own ideas. You know, and then start to develop that, but. I also, it's not like I have this idea and then go and sit down and just write the whole screenplay. It's it's an idea that I toil with, you know, and I I literally go around and like, oh, is what if I go take the story in this direction, maybe mm. this direction. Um, and then, you know, it's, I think what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, this, it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. Like I said, you know, my first, the first screenplay I wrote took about 14 years. And I'm not saying, you know, every single screenplay should take that long. 
But if you look at some of the movies in Hollywood, those are scripts that have been going around from one screenwriter to another. Mm. You know, they've been shelved, taken out of, you know, from the shelf, you know, give it a, a, a once over, give it to another screenwriter. Now it doesn't work. Put it back a couple of years later, mm. you know, try and make it work. And the same that happened with ER. You know, I think ER, um, Michael Crichton wrote that like 15 years prior to it actually being made. And it was supposed to become a film. Oh. And then Steven Spielberg was like, this could actually be a brilliant series. Mm. And they turned that into a series. And I mean, the rest is, is history on it. So, and some of, I, I, uh, I have a lot of um, projects on my computer that I thought will eventually develop into something. And then halfway through, I realized it's, it's maybe not worth it. And then you can that. And you, you know, you get another idea. Yeah. But I want to say, you know, if, if there's, because, and I think that's, that's also, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, in that sense is, it needs to make financial sense to me as well. I can't just take on a project because I really love the project, mm. um, knowing full hard that it's going to, you know, um, result in massive losses and stuff. I mean, that's just reckless. So, yeah. And I think that's that's something that a lot of filmmakers, the young younger filmmakers, don't realize. You know, it obviously you need the passion, mm. but at the same time you need to, you know, be um, aware of the fact that it's it's a risk you're taking, and um, you need to you need to survive. I mean, you need to make money, especially if the if you have investment from someone. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, actually, while we're on the point of investment, what do you think is the main issue around investment? And, and maybe for a moment we should talk about the South African context. This is where we live. Mm. This is, our, I mean, the three of us actually all work in the in, in the film industry you know, to an extent. But what do you think is the main um, uh, the main uh, pitfalls to surviving as a director or a producer in the film industry in South Africa? I think you know it's it's. It's probably the fact that it's such a such a small industry, and I mean that's almost like globally. And maybe it's it feels small because we we are in this industry. Maybe you know other industries like accounting, they would say the same thing. But it feels like because we are in the creative industry, is that in order to be really really successful, and I'm, not, I'm if I'm say successful now, I'm talking in terms of you know financially successful. Mm is that it's sometimes only the top 10% that really make it big. And I think that's, even in the music industry, mm. it's probably the same. You know, because I, I love playing drums, in order to become one of the most, you know, um, or the richest drummers in the world, it's probably the, maybe the top 10 drummers in the world mm. that can say, I play drums for a living, and that's all I do. Yeah, and I actually make money off it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the rest, they need to become waiters, you know, and do odd jobs, three other jobs as well, just to pay the bills and then also play drums. But that's just it's like a passion. Yeah. It's, it's more like a passion project. And I think that's, that's the same in South Africa. It's like, because it's such a small market it's, uh, or a small industry, it's only the, the very, very elite that really get the opportunities, mm. you know, to do this. And it's, it's actually sad because there are so many talented people 
as well. But it's not it's not just passion. You know, it's yeah. the investors want to invest in someone that can actually make money for them. The broadcasters as well. You know, if they commission something, they need to make money. If I can just interrupt you mm. there, I mean, that's an important thing. You're saying they want to invest in somebody. I was thinking they want to invest in something, mm. right? But um, what you, what I'm hearing is, um, is, it, is, it, is it about trust, mm-hmm. um, getting investors on board, or is it about the final vision, or what is it really about? I think, you know, for investors, they definitely want to invest in someone, mm. um, because they can take their money, they can put it in the bank, you know, and earn a guaranteed 4%, you know, on return per annum or 10%. So in our industry, because now it's a business, an investor is looking at at least 15% plus, you know, return on the investment. There's no way you can guarantee that sort of investment. <clears throat> you can dream, but I mean... There's, there's too much history, I want to say, um, and research that investor can, and all the top investors will do due diligence on it. Yeah. So they would say, they won't just take my word for it. They would go and say, okay, well, so you want to make this kind of movie. What's, what are the stats? Similar movies in South Africa, similar, similar movies in, you know, overseas. Does it really work, yay or nay? <clears throat> but then obviously, if you can, if you can back it up with the experience now, I think it, it becomes a little bit more oh. of a thing where there's trust involved. Um, and, and that's certainly how it worked for me. And luckily I can say, you know, that the investors that invested in my projects, you know, it was worth worth it. But it's it's still it's it's stressful because there's always a possibility that it it can't work. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it remains a risk. It's right? a, it's a big risk, and that's that's the thing is, I think that a lot of investors, um, maybe that's this, this you know same for um, international in, you know investors as well, but so, certainly in South Africa is, it's an industry that they don't have any experience in, um, and they don't share the same creative vision that you do, because maybe there's a stigma of you know, of creatives being just dreamers. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say for me, it's important that I, I, I dream big. I have, you know, passion for making movies. But at the same time, I'm also an entrepreneur that I want to ensure that every single movie is run like a proper business. Mm. Mm. Um, and we are in business. There's, there's a, um, a guy, Theopathetus, that said, you go into business for three reasons, to make money, to have fun and to make money. And I Sounds think, good. And I think that's, you know, as <laughs> yeah. long, you know if, if, you, if you remember that, yeah. you need a little bit of fun. But you ultimately, you're in business to make money. Otherwise, what are the reasons, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can, can we talk about um, the, the music side of yeah. filmmaking? I think this is also, you know, we're doing the breakdown of um, the music business in this podcast. And we would like to know from a director's point of view, what... What do you believe is the role that music plays? How important is music in uh, the creation of a successful film? Oh, I mean, music is just everything. It's, you know, sound. Uh, you can literally, a movie is 50% what you see and 50% mm. what you hear. Mm. Uh, but also, you know, it's, and, and that's, the, that's the beauty that, you know, working with you guys, the two projects that we did together, you know, the two movies, is I like to, to try and push 
the envelope a little bit when it comes to the music is not to go the conventional route, you know, well, <clears throat> maybe it's a little bit like uh, Christopher Nolan stuff, you know, and Hans Zimmer, yeah. where it's not what you expect. And I think that's that's a beauty issue because the, the, the creative industry is constantly evolving. You know, I had um, discussions about a new documentary that I'm in development with where it's a guy that's, you know, on, on, on YouTube, a great big YouTube sensation. <clears throat> and he, after 15 years in this, you know, in that side of the business, came to realize that where it was all about um, people watching videos because they want to get to know this person, there's a sense of, I have no idea who the real person is anymore. And I don't want to interact with this person over a video anymore. I want to now meet this person in real life. Wow. And I think that's, you know, that's something that really changed. And I think that's, that's what I want to do with music is, is I want to touch the inside, mm. you know, that's, and stimulate someone, you know, as well at the same time is what can we do from a music point of view that's, that's really so unique where you just pull that audience member in, yeah. you know, and then work inside and and it also goes with this kind of you know stories I tell. It's obviously very inspirational and motivational kind of stuff. So it, I think it makes it easier, but it can also be a a pitfall where you go the cliche route in terms of music. Yeah. Where you just you know underscore that emotional sense. Yeah. 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 I I think the telling of the telling of the story, which we all agree, filmmaking, both from a visual and a sound audio mm. music mm. perspective, is about telling and complementing the story and very often there's a, a, a predictable way and very often there's the other way <laughs> like you're saying you know where you do the juxtaposed um, or you take the juxtaposed uh, yeah. approach mm. where the, you, you may be using silence as an instrument you know and you literally mm. clean, clean up the scene and you allow the drama just to mm. tell the story and there are other places where you literally uh, shut down the voiceovers and all the sound it's just the music carrying the scene yeah. you know you get different so we all agree that it's, it's, it's storytelling at mm. the end of the day I think you know it's also that I like kind of movies where there's a there's a twist and I think because that's not the kind of movies that I make you know with a twist it's almost nice to use music now as that little twist where you you have a certain tone mm. and the audience gets you they get used to that that certain section yeah. in a movie process, or, you know, in, in the movie, and then you just flip it a little bit, and then they watch that and they like, oh, I get what they want to do. Now they're gonna do this. Oh, in the next scene, I I can tell you this is what they're gonna do, and then you just completely almost becomes a character. Yeah, you know, mix it up, and no. the audience yeah. goes like, oh, okay, now yeah. now I'm intrigued because that's not what I expect at all. And this is a you know like a average or a, or a um, a motivational movie that's you don't have to think too hard about, and I think that's what I like you know where we use the music to just really change things up, and mm -hmm. that's you know especially in this um, Alvin Ace documentary now, yeah. where we have this angel voice. Ah, oh. that's not what you expect at all, and some of the viewings we had, people are like, you can. They literally show you their arms, like, <laughs> oh wow, yeah, goosebumps. Oh, wow. mm. Just juxtaposing the what mm. what the expected thing exactly. would be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
I'm also curious, maybe just moving a bit away from the music, um, you know, the whole world's gone through this whole COVID lockdown thing. We're still in it. Um, the big cinemas have had to be been closed. Um, what do you think, Stefan, is the opportunity, especially for South African maybe producers, directors, filmmakers, in gaining traction on online streaming services? Um, there, there are so many now out there, you know. Mm. But um, should we think in terms of limiting ourselves to the traditional cinema, um, you know? <laughs> or, I don't think yeah. so, Lucas. I don't think that's... Um I, I think globally, you know, it, it shows that the cinemas are on a decline. Yeah. And it's only the big blockbuster movies that will eventually go onto the big screens. But I think Netflix has also shown that uh, that the big screens are also, you know, not not that important anymore because now they are releasing all these blockbuster movies on Netflix. And it's definitely online is, is the future. Yeah, it's, it's changed. It, it, it is and has been changing over the last couple of years. I think it was eventually going to happen. Yeah. That's it, yeah. it was going to happen. It's like yeah. what happened to the music industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was going to happen. I think COVID just came and it just sped it up. Yeah. And now, you know, you have like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Crackle, you know, Disney Plus, 20th Century Fox. They also, every all these major studios are starting their own platforms. But you have like YouTube, you have Vimeo. There are so many other opportunities that you can can go. If you look at what's the chosen, mm. that's crowdfunding, wow. and it they had it, they released it on their own app, yeah, and it was just a yeah. worldwide phenomenon. So I think that's also where we have to go. Like, if you're really serious about making it, you know, you will come up with new inventions, new ways of getting your content out there. Imagine if. If um, there wasn't like a Facebook, if imagine if 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 Mark Zuckerberg looked at MySpace way back, and he was like, "Well, I can't start a Facebook because MySpace is <laughs> is massive. There's no way we can take it over." Yeah. Then you wouldn't. MySpace have, is gone. MySpace is is gone. So the same with TikTok. Those guys could have said, "Well, you have Instagram and you have yeah. Twitter and you have Facebook uh, and you have YouTube." Uh-huh. It's and look at TikTok. You know, it just, it keeps on. And I think that's that's the beauty is what happens is that people, because of the online world, um, they want to consume and they get bored. So they want something new every, I want to say every other week. Yeah. Give them something new. It's it's something that they already know, but just a little bit repackaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they jump jump for that. So, Stefan, personally, as composers of film, we're aware of the fact that musicians has to kind of make a shift away from the traditional music industry, in, 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 a, in a way, towards the film industry, or if you want to do that. Is how, as a director, would you go about selecting a musician or a composer for a project? Well, I, one, of, one of the, the films in 2015... <clears throat> I was I was specifically looking for someone to write the theme song for the movie, and I literally went onto YouTube back in that in that day, you know, and I just started to listen to Afrikaans music, and I eventually came across a guy. Um, well, not even the guy at that at that stage. He was part of an a cappella group, 
And then obviously, you know, because he was part of the acapella group, YouTube now started to kick out, you know, some of, mm. uh, some of the singles he recorded. And I was like, yeah, I really like his voice. And I like the fact that every single <clears throat> song was his own composition. And I really like the lyrics that, I, that he wrote. And I eventually phoned up the, the record label. And I said, well, I got a CD that was when you still were able to buy CDs. <laughs> wow. Where was that? <clears throat> yeah. sure. now I'm giving away my age. Yeah, yeah, 1995. Yeah. <laughs> um, bought the CD and that's where I saw, you know, his record label. And I phoned him up and I said, well, is he still at your record label? And they were like, yeah, he's still there. Classic. And they were like, what's, what's it about? And I said, well, I'm making a movie and I would really like him to write the theme song. And I sent him the script and I was like, you need to summarize these 120 pages into four minutes, you know? So, ah. <laughs> and I think it maybe took him like two weeks and he came back and it was just, you know, mind blowing. Wow. But I also think, you know, if that's, so you need to be out there. There's no way that you can expect someone to discover you if you just keep on dreaming about things, but you're not taking any risks, you're not putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's certainly how I like to work, you know, as a, as a filmmaker, as an artist is, I think I, maybe it's, I'm a bit crazy, but I just don't take any, I don't, I don't take no for an answer. You know, I will keep on pursuing it until, you know, I can make it happen. And I think you need that kind of determination is that mm. you're going to get a thousand no's before you get one yes. I mean, it's the same with, um, was it Thomas Edison? Yeah. You know, that tried 313 times or something like that until he eventually nailed, you know, yeah. the, yeah. Bulb. the bulb. But imagine he stopped at 312. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine? And I think that's the, a lot of people, you get so many no's and it's, it's inevitable. I mean, you're going you're gonna to be disappointed, mm. but you need to find a way to pick yourself up. And I actually listened to... Um, to someone who said yesterday that um, in order to keep on going and in order to feel like you are achieving something every single day, make your bed in the morning. Because mm. if you can do that small thing, you've proven to yourself you can do the big things as well. If you can't even do the small things, then how do you expect to do the big things in life? Yeah. And I mean, it's just, yeah, you need to be persistent, keep going, Try and rediscover because there are so many people doing the same thing out there yeah. and you're going to get lost in all the clutter. Yeah. Find a way to have your own voice. And that's also the thing is don't try and copy someone. Just be you. No one can be, you know, as good as, as you. What, what? Anyway, you know what I want to say. <laughs> Nobody can be as good as you. That's yeah, as you do. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I wanted to ask you any, but maybe you've said that already, any, any kind of expert or nugget of wisdom that you wanted to maybe share to creative people in, in general, um, you know, before we, before we end off this, this podcast? Um, it's, uh, maybe it's, it's cliche, but just don't ever give up. I mean, you can and and there's there's a lot of people that I always say that 
you uh, I get the question quite a lot where people say, well, okay, I need to, do I need to go to university? Do I need to go to after or wherever to go and study? And I always say, learn the rules before you can, you know, bend the rules. Never break the rules. I mean, that's, that's not the right thing to do. But know the rules in order to bend the rules, you know, and then just don't give up. I mean, yeah. keep, keep going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, we can, we can sit here and I can try and come up with all these motivational quotes and speeches and stuff, but just never give up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have the tenacity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, to pursue your passion. Wow. Mm. Stefan, thanks. Thank um, you guys. Thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah. it's been a pleasure. I, I think really there's, it. I think, you know, what I'm hearing is there's massive opportunity for people in the music industry. Mm to um, collaborate with the film industry mm. um, and to get their music out there. The whole world is exploding onto the online market, the streaming market, and um, there's opportunity there. As you said, if you can see it, use it and, and don't give up. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, so the business of music sounds to me it's still alive and well Absolutely. if you can find the right mm-hmm. channel or avenue or mm. vehicle. Yeah, to yeah. to take it there. No, hundred yeah. percent. I think if you can, there are always opportunities. You just need to to look, you know, for those opportunities. Uh, if again, if you go into social media, you know, I just love to see how creative people can be. Mm. You know, making these random videos or you know, um, artistic you know, work or pottery or things like that. And then they get like 9 million views. Yeah, it's insane. You know, it's like I've seen, I've seen art before, yeah. but this is something totally different. Yeah. And I think that's just find out who you are mm. and just play to your strengths because um, someone will, someone will like it. Yeah. It's just a fact. Because we don't all like the same thing. You know, we don't all, all listen to the same music. For sure. You know, it's we all have our own taste. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, so what we'll do, um, Stefan, thanks, is if people want to connect with you, we'll put your contact details mm. um, below this video. Mm. And if you enjoyed the video, please share it. Um, that's the yeah, whole like point. Like and subscribe. Like, subscribe, share. And um, let's, let's help each, let's build this community of creatives and um, see how we can uh, tackle mm. this business of music and a film and, um, <laughs> and build it out yeah. so next time Stefan has promised he will sing us a song that's right you're listening to the business of music breakdown and next time filmmaker will be singing <laughs> <laughs> Stefan thanks thank you guys thank you. it was a pleasure thanks <laughs> <laughs>